2: Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Another day, another dollar. Another day, another tweet. Ah, what a world we live in, right? Uh, things were quiet there for a bit, but the George Floyd tragedy is front and center. Protesters are upset. Um, there's a lot of inequality. Stocks are soaring, people are out of jobs. Some people who likely own stocks were able to keep their jobs. Some people who likely don't own stocks were the ones that lost their jobs. There's a lot going on. My goal is to get to your retirement. It's not to be Republican, it's not to be Democrat. My goal is not to get a president elected or overthrown or anything like that. My goal is to say I think the best way to do it from everything I've seen is investing and yet right now it feels a little bit weird. Markets opened. Let's see. Slightly down. Huge day yesterday faded at the close. Trump tweet broke rules. My phone said to me at I wanna say like one in the morning last night. Glorifying violence in Minneapolis. Ending with the phrase, Well, he talks about Floyd and protesters and governor and the military. Um, he ends with the quote, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Which has some trace back to Miami and a corrupt police chief that did a lot of stop and frisks and a lot of riots and something like that. So it's a historical quote. that Anyway, Twitter's not... What do you say about Twitter? Um, the political... Angle isn't there for me. It's an interesting business model. I use Twitter all the time for news. It's an easy way for me to plug in 15 news sources and see a potential 1,000 ideas every single morning. But this one feels odd. The whole Twitter, Facebook. Facebook saying, hey, we shouldn't censor any speech, even fraudulent fake news. Twitter saying, Meh, we have a we're on the other side of that one. And then the Republicans and the Democrats are using it to their advantage for sure. This is headline stuff and it's like stuff that's driving the market. I don't like it when a publicly traded company or human being is in the crosshairs of the president, any president. I don't think people sign up for that. I don't think it's I to me this very sensitive on bullying. Not because I was bullied, but the Communication Decency Act being quoted here, uh, there's nothing I can add to this. There's nothing I can add to it. I can tell you I find it weird that YouTube, if I go to any YouTube channel right now and type in President Xi of China is a poo-poo head, it gets removed by YouTube, by Google. Uh, so there is some censoring that's happening, for sure. And if you saw what just recently happened in Hong Kong and not being able to bash President Xi, it doesn't seem uh, like free speech is there. But I don't know. This is something that's beyond me. Something that jumped out today was the personal savings rate in the United States, which is a percentage of disposable income. It skyrocketed 33%. So on one hand, I'm like, Congratulations, America, you're saving money. That's a lot of pent-up spending potential. You hear me on this show on a regular basis say, if Americans have jobs, they get paychecks. Paychecks usually equal, what am I going to do with all this money? What am I going to do with all this money usually leads to irrational decisions What you're going to Hawaii with someone you just met? Disposable income has a way of like, well... I want to do something fun on New Year's Eve. So we're saving a lot of money. That's more stimulus down the road. I know it's a weird thing to put it that way. I wish we were saving more money for retirement, but something tells me when things open back up, people are going to go out of their mind to spend money. Out of their way to spend money. Um, But it may take a little while. But again, at some point in time, that money's gonna be spent, right? So I don't really have much more that I wanna say about President Trump and Twitter. I kinda think I need to leave that up to you guys. Uh, There's a huge assist on the economic recovery payments that may be coming. We may have more savings down the road. We may have more spending down the road. Personal spending plummeted thirteen point six percent, but personal savings skyrocketed, right? It's goofy. It is just it is such a tough thing to like um, understand why the markets are rallying as much as they are. It doesn't make sense. With that said, I'm glad I'm invested. I didn't get maximum investment drag gain. When the market went down or when Mark market went back up, I kind of played it cool. Costco. And the world is getting back to normal again. Move. Says that they're going to bring back samples with some changes. You know the Costco... And again, I'm not a Costco guy. I don't like crowds. I don't like people. I don't like bulk. I, I, I don't want to say I don't like bulk, because that makes me sound like I like to... I don't need to buy... 80 pounds of chicken at once. I know you're saying, that's mean, Rob. You don't like chicken? Uh, but Costco plans bring back the legendary free samples, and the free samples is pretty fascinating. Um, I, I I don't like free samples. <laughs> I know you're saying, you're feeling a lot of hate, aren't you? Um, consumers mourned the smorgasbord of free snacks. And uh, COVID-19 set in some new realities, but... Samples of food and non-food items are popular. They're an amazing roadshow. They're kind of a wonderful uh, commercial. If you get someone to try your goods and you have a package right in front of you, let's say a beautiful woman says, hey, you want a Jell-O shot at a Costco? And it's just jell It's got no alcohol in it. I mean, I'm like, sure, I want a Jell-O shot. Anything to spend an extra two or three minutes to talk to you. And then I do the jello shot, and she goes, Well, you should buy a whole box of jello. It's right here. It was good, wasn't it? And I'm like, eh, It's tough to say no to people. Um, children under two don't have to wear masks. So they're starting to come up with new guidelines at Costco. It's just odd. Um, even talking about this stuff. Anyway, eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. 516 1220 get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. JCPenney stores are closing sales. Uh, final closeout, blowout sale. They're going to start in a couple weeks because they filed for bankruptcy, but no one's really shopping right now, so you can't get a going out of business item. Like, hey, those are some really ugly pink fuchsia towels, but if they're going to be 90% off, I'll take them kind of thing. So, COVID is mucking up a lot of things right now, including bankruptcies. Uh, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money invested and more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Uh, um,
1: all of your flaws and all of my flaws, they lie there hand in hand. Ones we've inherited, ones that we learned, they pass through my- I want to down and right. making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money
2: on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Elon Musk hit a market milestone, our first milestone of his $55 billion compensation package. Let's stop and think about that for just a second. That's a brutal thing to say out loud, right? $55 billion compensation package. Um, one more time, $55 billion compensation package. Now, He has to make the company, no, no, he has to be in charge of a company that makes shareholders a lot of money. More than that. 20 billion in revenue and a sustained market cap of 100 billion to unlock the first tranche. Check that one off. And he gets 40 billion on paper, or he's already worth 40 billion on paper. But what's great about him is he's cash poor. He's relied on mortgages and loans for daily expenses because most of his wealth is in Tesla stock. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. $55 billion seems like an insane thing to say out loud. Um, if you change a whole industry, if you revolutionize it, if I kind of see like it's okay. Now, here's the thing to be worth that kind of money. Like, I don't knock Jeff Bezos for his billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars. I think he he changed something amazing with Amazon. Tesla picked up a new bull yesterday on the stock market. A bull analyst who's saying, here's something we think, you know, they think Tesla may be on the cusp of something. Now, I don't own shares of Tesla, maybe in like an S&P 500 fund, but not directly. I like to sit on the sidelines. I'm not going to buy Twitter. Um when Republicans and Democrats are fighting over like how can we, you know, censor this company and or not censor this company. I don't like civil wars. I don't like them in my life. I don't like them in my investments. But one analyst said yesterday and I, I get it. Tesla can be the next Amazon, where the CEO is filthy, stinking rich times ten. But it has to do what it did in the United States, in China and Europe. It's going to have to do it better, and you can't traditionally value a company like that. It trades at seventy times earnings. The stock market trades probably historically at fifteen times earnings, right? Fifteen times future earnings, and you put your money in a company, you sit on it like a mother hen, you wait for five, ten, fifteen years for those earnings to you know continue to to do their thing. And that investment turned into something really nice for you. With Tesla, it's just add water. Have you ever just added water to one of those toys and it unravels into a dinosaur or something? And sometimes it unravels into nothing. (laughs) Tesla could be that. And I don't like, with that said, they're every year they're getting more and more legit. Um, in the, World of companies that are like not questionable, but almost too dramatic for me. Um, I like Uber. I can make a case for it, but I could also stay away from it. Lyft, same thing. Um, My father, who's long dead, he would have loved companies like General Motors and UPS and Union Pacific, Caterpillar, Honeywell International. He didn't mind waiting 10, 15, 20 years for his investments to come to fruition. I, on the other hand, am somewhere in between the just add water and let's look for growth now. I take pride in beating the markets. I take pride in like putting, you know, uh, myself out there. I think I've done a good job for you. Uh, This is one of those days I just don't want to be on air because it just doesn't feel like everything feels like it's a stretch. But I'm going to persist on this one and see where it takes me. Um, eight hundred-five one six twelve twenty 1220 to get your calls on the air. The markets have opened lower. Um, and they're grinding a little bit lower. There's something going on with China that I talked about earlier in the week. You have to listen 10 hours a week to be part of the 10-hour club. And it's it's something that I'm going to continue to eyeball and something I don't much care for. I'll be honest with you. It's uh, China and Trump or playing politics. Trump declares war on social media. Man, I could go with that story for a little bit. But Trump, you know, talking about China. Remember how it was kind of a she loves me, she loves me not, she loves me, she loves me not. Um, Trump is expected to hold a press conference today, where he's going to talk about China. And to me, it feels very political in a election year. With a country that is a global superpower economically and with a growing military, I just don't like it. I don't like waiting to see what happens here. Is it rhetoric or is it reality? It's going to be rhetoric, right? It's a election year. He's got to say everything bad he can about China. He's got to blame the virus on China. He's got to blame, you know, world economies struggling on China. I'll tell you right now, like emerging markets don't look good to me. Because if China has a hiccup, the world will have a hiccup. And I think COVID is a pretty big burp already. I think social justice issues could become another, you know, uh, destabilizing event on Wall Street. Maybe it'll last for a day. Maybe it'll last for a week. Won't have long-term economic impact, but those are the stories today. I would so much rather be talking about Ulta Beauty. Same-store sales fell 35% the last quarter. A lot of stores were forced to close during the shelter-in-place orders around the country. Here's my opinion on like Ulta, and I don't think this one's going to take you too long to figure out. Have you been on a Zoom call in the last month and seen some people who have not been wearing makeup that usually wear makeup? Correct. There's going to be a slowdown in makeup. It's just like the stories we started to hear, like pajamas are selling really well, shirts are selling really well pants, not so much. And you're going, are that many people going on Zoom meetings not wearing pants? I guess so. So Ulta Beauty, I'd rather do that story. Oil having the best month uh, ever. But then again, it had the worst month ever before it. We're going to see that kind of statement in our economy in the third quarter. As the second quarter was pent up with April, May, June as we are now turning into June and things are perking up a little bit. But even when they're perking up, the numbers are still going to look bad. The NFL said, or Texas said, people can be at sporting events at 25% capacity. So that's not 100% capacity. Um, but again, people are saving more money at this time. Americans have a bad habit of spending money. We can't figure out things to spend it on fast enough when we're locked down. <laughs> when things open up, i okay. I'd like a Lamborghini with all the money I saved. Turns out it won't be Lamborghini quality money, but that's fine. You might not even like Lamborghinis. Don't get the cars or boats thing. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Stocks open mixed ahead of President Trump's conference on China. Fed Chairman Powell is speaking um, in about 30 minutes. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com.
1: Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money. On AM 1220, KDOW.
2: What an interesting year the market's already been. We've started with super high valuations in a nine, ten year bull market. We go into COVID shutdown. We go into massive death. Coming out of it, opening up new rules, new regulations, new costs, probably more inflation coming. Because of all that, we also get a chance to speak with CFP Chad Burton. Mr. Burton, how are you today? Doing well, Mr. Black. How are you? COVID lockdown doesn't have you going crazy?
3: Not too bad. I think we're just all getting used to it now, and it's been really busy lately. So I'm dealing pretty well. It's just interesting to see the kids handle school online and then try to figure out what summer is going to look like now. And fall. So
2: our friend Tony, his kids go into kindergarten in the fall, and I'm like, his kid's not going to get the great experience. He's going to get, like, a messed up. But anyway, I digress. Um, we got an email yesterday from a long-time listener, and I wanted to ask you about it, and you said, sure, I'll do that. So this is going to be our content. It comes to us from Tommy. Tommy says, any advice to a newly forced retired 53-year-old? That seems a little bit young. I have a pension, but I am not drawing – yet a 401k i am not drawing a military service connected disability that i also receive income of about eleven hundred dollars a month that's pretty cool i currently receive unemployment i have over 30k in individual stocks currently in the market that doesn't sound like a lot i receive medical from the military but my family does not my major concern right now is them and healthcare. born and raised in the bay area no plans to move Mortgage is 2400 whoa that's low And other expenses are about the same. I'm young enough to continue to working. Um, A lot going on. Let's start tackling it right there. People get the idea. 53 years old. I don't see a lot of money there. Um, What are the steps he needs to start taking um, to figure out what he does with his his financial life?
3: Yeah, I mean, the first one is just to... Get organized. I guess you you got to gather everything up. I mean, he's mentioned 401k and different accounts in there, but he didn't really mention accounts or values. So, what are the what are the values here? Because if you're 53 years old and you're retiring, you've got a certain amount of your expenses covered by this pension. The rest is going to have to come from your portfolio. And at that age, <clears throat> at, uh you, you know. more than like two and a half percent of your total portfolio value is about the max you'd want to draw. Right. So if you had a million, it would be $25,000 a year. Um, that because you have 40 plus years of inflation, you're going to have to deal with. So you're going to be you're going to have to increase your withdrawal every year to keep up with inflation. You just mentioned an inflation issue, you know, coming into this, uh, segment. So, is, is that enough? I mean, you can't really tell until you gather up all the documents, write down all the values, review your expenses. And until you review your expenses, there's no way you can really even answer, hey, Tommy, can you retire or not? Or do you need to go back to work? Because we don't know what he's going to spend, right? 53 years old is a, is a pretty young age to retire. What are you going to do with your time? Um, what's going to keep you busy? So there's really no way to answer these questions or run any retirement test to say, yeah, you're okay to go until you know all these items. And then you got to review your life plan again, because what would you do? 53, like I said, it's a, it's a pretty young age. And I've seen people, uh, you know, wealthy enough to retire at a young age, but they get bored relatively quickly after, mm-hmm. you know, they get, they get their plan in action for health and, and fitness. And then they get the honey do list done and get all their house remodeled how they want to do it. And then they're like, "Okay, now what?" And you got to have some sort of a challenge in your life, whether it's learning a new language or whatever. You know what I mean, Rob? It's it's fifty three is young. You don't want to get too bored.
2: I'm pretty close to that age, and um, you know those those are real issues. And I think a couple years ago, you didn't shock me when you said this, but I was like, "He's right." You've seen people retire too early and forget about health care. With that said, um, let's move on with him. What are his biggest risks at this point in time? What should he be flagging as he slowly starts to assess and gather information?
3: Well, inflation is a big one, right? Um, if, If you have some sort of a fixed pension, in this case it's disability, how long does that last? Does it go up with inflation? If not, the value of the dollar is cut in half about every 15 to 18 years because of inflation. Because if you're getting the same pension in 18 years, all of these goods that you're buying now and services that you're buying now are going to be double the cost. And so if you have a big portion of your income from a pension, um, it's it's really tough to deal with. It may seem like more than enough now for some people, but in 20 years, and that's only 73 that it's not going to feel the same at all. There's also the health care issues that he already pointed out. So he's got the military uh, health care, but the family, that cost is pretty large. Um, and right now you've got the Affordable Care Act stuff. You know, what if that all changes? And health care costs are going up at about four to five percent inflation these days. So that's all the way until, you know, the kids are out of the house and then they have to get all the way to 65 before Medicare can kick in. And then another big one, Rob, is liquidity. I didn't hear anything about an emergency reserve, right? And this is why emergency reserves are so important because you never know when your job is going really, really well. Um, And then all of a sudden, yeah, there's a force. You you get some sort of a pandemic like this and like anything that's tied to airlines right now, like uh, Mm. divisions of Raytheon are offering packages to people to kind of, hey, can you kind of go out and retire now? We're we're ready for you to go because we're having an issue with uh, aerospace. So you never know when this is going to happen. That's why you have to have this emergency reserve because when you are 55 and you separate from service with a 401k, you can access that without any kind of a penalty. IRAs are 59 and a half. And so the the only other way that you can access your retirement accounts or with a 72T distribution which is a limited amount of income and you have to stick with it for five years or until age 59 and a half, And there's all sorts of ways people can screw that up and end up paying penalties. So there is access to the retirement accounts before age 55 um, or before age 59 and a half, It's an IRA. But yeah. again, it's limited income. And how do you access lump sums? Then if all he has is the $30,000 in stocks, my biggest concern is what if you need a big repair, at your home or a new car or whatever, um, so he's gotta create the emergency reserves, at least his stocks are you know, high. Um, how are you gonna get next, through this period of time, you got your unemployment for a while, and then what? Where's your cash and your income gonna come from? So I think liquidity um, and access to lump sum for, for emergencies is, is the biggest risk right now.
2: Can I throw this in, he mentioned that he, does, he was born in the Bay Area, and it kind of was implying that he doesn't want to leave the Bay Area. How much do you think a family, a husband and wife, you don't have to support the kids. Um, how much do you think you need to retire and stay in California if you're doing it at 65 and you're going to live another 10, 15 years? Is there a money amount in your head? Because I know inflation's different, and that's a bad question.
3: It's too random. But well, it is, people again, won't leave you know, the Bay Area. Yeah. And I was just talking somebody else through that they felt like they should just leave the Bay Area in retirement because – The income taxes in the Bay Area are so high, but when we ran an analysis that shows, okay, you're going to have a certain amount of your cash that you're spending, uh, your taxable investments that part of it is basis that you don't pay taxes on. The other part is capital gains, and then dividends, which are taxed at the capital gains bracket. Um, When it was all said and done, the effective state tax rate was only 6%, Rob, and that wasn't enough for them to say, okay, I'm going to move out of California give up my property tax base under Prop 13, lose my network of friends and everybody that I hang out with now, it's Just it's just not worth it. So, I don't know, it's, it, the, I don't have a number because you gotta take his mortgage, how long is that gonna last, and then all the other expenses, and make sure that his draw rate isn't too high. So, in um, taxes are relative to where your money is. If all of your money is in retirement accounts and pensions, that's all 100% taxable as ordinary income. But if you have a mix of cash and taxable accounts and retirement accounts and Roth IRAs, your tax situation is much lower. So it's, it's all relative.
2: It's all relative.
3: Um, and,
2: you know, you brought up 72T distributions where you can take money out of your 401k early. Do you know where the word 72T or that combination of letters and numbers comes from?
3: Yeah, so it had to do with I believe way back um, when AT and T. I mean, prior yes. to like, all the split ups and Ma Bell and all that, there was a whole bunch of forced retirements, and people were trying to figure yes. out how do I get access to my retirement accounts in order to retire and take and, and kind of take this forced retirement. Financial Jeopardy. The seventy two T T stands for AT and
2: T. Um, good call. I'm surprised. I'm not surprised you knew that, but that made me smile because it's like financial nerd Jeopardy. Um, so back <laughs> back to Tommy. Um, running a test on a situation—is that what he should do, or should he? Where, where,
3: where is he? Well, I, I think the first one is that you gotta kind of answer like, what would you do with your life, right? Okay. <clears throat> and you, you, at the same time as you're kind of thinking through that, you can gather up all this and redo all of your expenses. Um, the, the first one is, is your linear cash flow test where you say, okay, let's assume I only earn five and a half percent on all my money throughout retirement. Do I have enough money to last till age 100? And then, you know, after all that, you can run Monte Carlo simulations to say, you know, here's the word, several thousand different order of stock market returns, good years, bad years, high inflation, low inflation. And, uh, do you have a success rate well over 85% on a Monte Carlo simulation to retire? Those are the tests you need to do. I'm going to cut you off there, Chad. It's CFP
2: Chad Burton. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. We work together. He's the head CFP. He's a really smart guy. He's got a show on, which is a great podcast, much more informative than mine. Mine's a little bit more entertaining. Um, but all about money is in retirement. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. We want to thank Tommy for sending us that email and for being a longtime listener. And he even went out of his way to say, you both are always voices of sound reasoning. I like that. Um, that's a great compliment in these days that we live in. Find Chad at newfocusfinancial.com.
1: At least we can swim far away from the wreck we make. Then only for a minute. I want to change my mind. This just don't feel right to me. I want to raise your spirits. I want to see you smile. No, that means I'll have to leave. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now. Back to Rob Black and your money on
2: AM 1220
1: KDOW.
2: I don't get a chance to say this off enough, but that was just a great segment with Chad. Very refreshing. Uh, I've known him for a long time. And the one thing I can tell you is that he drives me crazy at times in a good way and a bad way. But he's also the smartest financial person I know. And that's a good person to know. Um, I may be able to create wealth better than him. Like I may be able to catch a tech trend, but life isn't just about creating wealth, sometimes it's about preserving it, sometimes it's about living life correctly, about loving your family, being appreciative for what you got. These times when the news takes over the way it takes over, we kind of forget, like, when you see Elon Musk getting a $50 billion pay package, you're like, I chose the wrong profession. I think he had an absent father and a crazy father. And he was basically raised by a super smart uh, engineer-type mom. There's a lot to be said for math. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty 516 to get your calls in the air. The day is not... This isn't a good day to talk about stocks and investments because we're kind of waiting to see what happens with U.S. and China tensions. Um, they're simmering. Uh, you know, China does something to basically put their thumb on top of Hong Kong. We have done business in Hong Kong for hundreds of years. We've done business in China for 10 years. Openly, freely, capitalist, we've done it for longer, but you get the idea. This is a big deal, and it's very, very unfortunate that we don't have two administrations that want to work together to help the world create some balance versus what's in it for me. Trump renewed his criticism of China recently. Is it to deflect from COVID? I don't know. I'm not a political strategist. Is it to catch up to Biden in the polls? I don't know. It just, it's very, very tough to uh, do this show on a daily basis and give you, I don't want to say hope, uh, but that's a tough one to figure out, U.S.-China, and it's a big one. Some people think that the United States has lost stature with how we've handled COVID and how we've handled China and how we've handled our response. We've become very isolated, as have other countries. I'm not blaming us. But it, it's one of those things that it's going to be out there for a bit. Oh, to go back 40 years or, you know, when we weren't having trade tensions, but there was some inequality. There was some inequity going on there, too. One of the quotes that I forgot to hit this week, it was in my notes, and on Friday, I like clear out my notes and say, ah, done. I got everything out of my mind. And like today, I was looking through them, and most of them, I'm glad I didn't get to. There was a reason I didn't get to them. But Jamie Dimon, the boss of J.P. Morgan, said two days ago, um, he was talking, I like Jamie Dimon. He's the head CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase. He's one of those guys that does not look nice. He kind of looks like the guy that you don't want to get on his bad side. I think he's a good looking man. He's had a couple heart issues. Um, but I think he's a great CEO. One of the things he said this week was, don't fight the U.S. Fed, the Federal Reserve. And he said, repeat the mantra until it sticks. Don't fight the U.S. Federal Reserve. Repeat the mantra until it sticks. Don't fight the U.S. Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve has lowered the cost of money to almost nothing. American companies have Borrowed trillions of dollars. Over a trillion is the right way of saying that. I shouldn't say trillions. They're well funded. Some will say, well, that's not good. Debt's not good. Now, there's good debt and bad debt. I like student loan debt if you get a math and science degree. I'm not crazy about $100,000 student loan debt on a communication or poetry to major. I think their turn on investment is a lot tougher to. Quantify and to understand. I'd rather you, if one of, do you want to be a poetry major? Go see the world. (laughs) Go have a glass of wine and see the world. Um, I know I'm digressing, but back to Jamie Dimon. Don't fight the Fed. Um, I'm appalled at how fast the stock market came back. It shouldn't have been that because I know we we started the year with a high valuation. And then we're dealing with COVID shutdown, which is real economic damage. And we're dealing with real people losing jobs. Some of those jobs will never come back. Some of the jobs will be slow to come back. We lost them a lot faster than we're going to get them back. Um, Chad brought up something in the last segment. He said, uh, figure out what you want to do with your life. At some point, I'm going to leave radio and TV. And I'm really, really comfortable with that. I've done everything I've set out to do. As a business person, I've done everything I've ever wanted to do. I even got an email that complimented me today. I love that. I might want to go on to be like a COVID janitor. I know you're saying you're kidding, right? I'm not really kidding. Um, Maybe my next shot is I don't want to be a stewardess or steward. Too late to become a pilot. But if I wanted to see the world in retirement, maybe I can convince an airline to say, hey, let me be the guy who walks up and down the aisles for the next 10 years and uh, tells people to put on their mask or walk up and down the aisles and and clean people's trays before serving them or after taking their food away. I don't know. That's going to be a new job. There's going to be inflation. If you're a cleaning person, you could probably charge more money. If you make cleaning products, you can probably charge more money. That's another thing that I wanted to get to is we are going to see some inflation come out of this. We haven't seen inflation in such a long time. But... I was watching an interview with a, a really top notch chef in San Francisco and he said, you know, we, we gotta change the way this works because uh, it's not working. We can't shut down for a month. We can't, we don't have those kind of margins. And if you know anyone who owns a restaurant, like um, a burger joint, like a five guys, I do. They're not rolling in money. Um, he said, we're going to have to raise prices. So inflation is coming. He says if we have to clean more, if we have to have fewer tables, we're going to have to raise prices. Otherwise, the joy of going out to eat is going to go away because you need volume, volume, volume. You need to turn the table five times a day in a restaurant. And if you're spacing out tables, you're not going to be able to pull that off. Anyway, inflation is coming. That's my happy note to go into the weekend. (laughs) I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. We're focusing on Trump and China today. We're focusing on Fed Chairman Powell. He's speaking in just a couple of moments. We're saving a lot of money. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com and Rob Black's show.